This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Everybody off the bus. School back in session on campus at Brigham Young University for the first time since March. 172 days. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU bands everywhere. It is Monday, August 31st. Welcome. Whether you're coming back to school or not, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Hopefully someone's in a class right now watching this. If you will, just tweet at us. Just, like, snap a photo inside your class and tweet it at us, at BYU Sports Nation. That'd be awesome. You got your AirPods in, one in, listen to the teacher, listen to BYU Sports Nation the other way. Maybe the captions only. I don't know. I I wish we had a school bell, you know, classes back in session, let's go. Although (laughs) that would give me a little uh, academic PTSD. But, yeah, it's great to to be – at BYU, when when the campus is full and uh, you know has has this energy and life to it, because fall is where it's at. Winter, it's sort of gloomy and dark and cold for the first while, and then March, it's you're almost to finals. September was always my favorite month yep. uh, in school. The excitement, football, it's warm. I always love this time of year. Leaves changing colors, everything is beautiful. You don't have a lawn, so you don't have to rake them. Hey, and good news. The dream of us getting a master's degree is still alive, Jerem. It is? Yeah. But we're not, we're not doing it this semester. I'm working on a PhD <laughs> in BYU athletics already just through this show. No one's going to formalize that. I'll just, I'll just give it to myself. But, hey, yeah. we have a PhD. There it is. Hey, there it is. I'll, I'll, you know what? I, I'm late. Shoot. There we have a go. PhD in BYU football. At least we'd like to think so. Uh, put on the backpack. Let's go to class. Speaking of, are you going to run to class, by the way? Okay, there's nothing I love more. I've said this to you. There's nothing I love more than watching someone run with a backpack. It's just there's no clean, normal, cool way to do it. You always look weird when you do it. <laughs> you have to keep your feet as close to the ground as possible if you don't want yeah. the backpack like going up and down on your back. It's like I saw over the weekend, two guys raced on their knees. That's also hilarious. Try that. <laughs> I don't think I will try, try that. that. Do your 40 this time on your knees. <laughs> One hour later. Oh, We'd like to think we have a PhD, as I said, in BYU football. Which uh, reminds me, Jerem, we're how many days away? Countdown to Navy. One week away. One week from game day. How about that, man? You are going, you are going to be in Annapolis one week from today reporting on this program and countdown to kickoff about BYU at Navy, a football game. Not everyone's going to play football, so this is very exciting. You can feel the energy one week away, man. Seven days away, and with... One week out, today's show lineup features our BYU football season projections closest to the mark without going over. So we're implementing the prices right rules here. Dual threat analyst and national champion QB Blaine Fowler will add his projections to ours. And who's the annual fall camp MVP? This is something we started in what? Was it 2014, I think, when we named Christian Stewart? Christian Stewart was the inaugural fall camp MVP. We didn't do it in 2013 because we just started on Labor Day um, a week from today. So, yeah, I, I guess that, that's what, our seven-year anniversary in a week? Wild. If you go by the, the holiday, not the day itself. Because we were, season. what, September 1st, 2nd? September 2nd. So Wednesday will be our seven-year yes. anniversary of the show. Eighth football season, though. That's wild. I'm shocked that we're still on television. I just <laughs> I thought they would have pushed us out at some point. But <laughs> I don't like that addition for the, uh, the laugh ac- track. academic uh, year. Good yeah. grief. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, what is this, get to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. 
It's friends minus the attractive uh, yeah. ladies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one week out from BYU at Navy, the Cougars, a one and a half point underdog according to consensus line movement in Vegas. BYU opened as a two and a half point underdog, so a little bit of money on BYU right now. That line is down to one in some places. We'll discuss whether we agree with that number. People buying the Cougs. Navy football will start senior Dalen Morris at quarterback rather than sophomore Perry Olsen, who was the second string last year behind Malcolm Perry. Now, Dalen Morris played in all of two games last year, completed zero passes, and had two rushes for a total of 16 yards. Uh, The shoes to fill that Malcolm Perry leaves vacant are enormous. He was drafted by the Miami Dolphins. He rushed for over 2,000 yards. We did hear from Navy's play-by-play man that Dalen Morris can throw the rock. He likes to throw the ball. We'll see how that manifests itself in one week. In high school, he wasn't an option guy per se. He was a drop-back passer like normal at times, so we'll see what that means. But interesting that he hasn't completed a pass in Navy yet. Tyson Williams had nine carries, 40 yards, and a touchdown in the Baltimore Ravens practice uh, over the weekend. Williams is an undrafted free agent looking to make the team after playing in four games last season for the Cougars. And right after the draft, it was announced that he signed with the Ravens. That never actually finalized. And then he signed a couple days ago when there were some injuries on the team. Kenyon Barner and Justice Hill uh, banged up. So Tyson Williams getting a chance and did well in the scrimmage. He's been in the building all of, like, what, three days? And then, boom, makes an impression on Mark Ingram, who had some uh, high praise for him. BYU basketball alum T.J. Haas scored five points, grabbed three rebounds, and had four assists in 18 minutes of play for Trifle Sopot on Saturday in a loss. I've been told it's Sopot. Sopot. Yeah. Trifle Sopot. Sopot. Yeah. So thanks to whoever messaged me. I really appreciate it. Row the boat, Sopot. Sopot. Let's go. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Underdog. BYU football opens as a two and a half point underdog to the Naval Academy. One week from today, as Jerem just pointed out, that line has moved to one and a half, and in some places, one, which means people like BYU's chances in this game. Jerem is opening as a two and a half point underdog fair for BYU. Yeah, I, I think it is. Uh, I think Navy is a team that at home uh, should be favored in this game. It, it was a team that, yes, lost a tremendous quarterback last year in Malcolm Perry, uh, but it's also a team full of eight of the top 10 rushers. The top two tacklers are back. The leadership on this team is back. And of course, the head coach is the most stabilizing factor in Kenya Matalolo. They had a down year two years ago, but this has been a team that's won nine, 10, 11 games Four of the last five years, I believe. They, they are good. They should be the favorite. What has BYU done to earn being a favorite in this game? I, I don't think they have. I think they can do that, say, going to Army. If BYU wins this game or competes well and barely loses, I think perhaps BYU could be a favorite at Army. But in this game, Navy should be the favorite. They return too much. Their head coach is really good. It's, it's on the road. It's two time zones for BYU. It's a weird situation on a Monday. BYU should be a dog in this game. It doesn't mean BYU will lose the game, but they should be a dog. There are a couple of wild cards at play here. One, there are going to be no fans. So how much of a home field advantage is home field right it, now? It, what it really means is we didn't travel advantage. That's, it's a travel disadvantage for BYU, if you will. And that's it. Okay, no fans. Facility, the nuances of the field, right? The other wild card is how long has each team that BYU will play been able to practice and really 
be cohesive as a unit based on having to stay away from campus, based on local governments. Like, so there are or several, federal governments. Federal governments, yeah, right. There are several unique things in play. Those two are the main wild cards for me. But I still think the line is fair because typically the home team gets a three-point advantage just for being the home team. So this tells me it's essentially a pick 'em game. But because Navy gets to stay there and BYU has to travel 2,000 miles across country, they're going to give a slight advantage to Navy. I think it's fair. I will be interested to see how much BYU practicing for longer than Navy really impacts BYU's ability to hit the ground running or not. Yeah, and, and I wonder, too, so the, the pros of BYU being together since June, essentially, a uh, you know, week off here or there, is that they've been together and the leadership has been formed and roles have been carved out a little bit, right? Games, the roles emerge, but... This is, a, this is a senior and junior-led BYU team. This is the most experienced team that Kalani Stake has had since 2016. Uh, and BYU's won four, seven, and seven games the last couple of years. I think they certainly get over that mark, whether that's by win percentage or not, depending on how many games they play. Kind of has to be that way. <laughs> right. The thing I fear, though, is may, because they've had this sort of extended fall camp period, um, getting ready, is, is burnout. Initially, perhaps no, but later in the season... I, I am going to remember that they've been going you know, harder than normal since June. Typically, they have July off. They didn't have July off this year. They went through it. So let's, let's keep that in mind when we do this. And then Navy, Kenya Matsalola brought it up a couple of weeks ago. They haven't been together as long. So is that a dis- disadvantage? Will they be more fresh than, say, a BYU? Although I don't yeah. – tackling every day. So those are things to consider. He verbalized his concern. He said this is clearly the most unique uh, situation that I've ever been in as a, as a head coach. And, and he said, I, I, I'm interested to see how ready we will be. But it's the Naval Academy. If anyone's academy, ready, it's the Navy. It's the Naval Academy. They're ready the at military. any moment. Oh, a little football game? Who cares? These guys are ready to protect and defend, baby. Uh, yes, some scheme against BYU, whatever. Yeah, if any team can get ready on a, on a dime, it's Navy or Army or Air Force or VMI. You know what I mean? What's interesting about uh, the Naval Academy is they don't close their practices to anybody, by the way. If you can get on campus. If you can get on campus, yeah. you can go watch. Like, but you and I tr- can't just stroll up to campus. They're not trying though. to hide anything. Like, yeah. You know what's coming. Can you stop it? If That's you, the real challenge. If you can get on the base, and having grown up uh, you know, going to Air Force bases with my dad, it was always fun to be like, oh, we got through. I was always like, oh, we have to stop. They have to check us. You know? um, it's a thing. Like You and I can't just roll up in Annapolis to go to that. <laughs> okay, topic two. The depth chart will be released today for BYU. What are the first three things you're looking for? Okay, number one, and these are in order. Who's the backup quarterback? I think Zach Wilson is clearly the starter right now. Yeah. But who's the backup? Is it Baylor Romney or is it Jaron Hall? I think Baylor Romney has had a great camp from what we've been told and from our rash assumptions videos. Mm-hmm. Baylor Romney has had an outstanding camp. So who's the backup quarterback? Number two, what's the depth chart specifically at running back? Lopini Katoa, Tyler Algier, and then what? Uh, who comes after that? Jackson McChesney, probably. Or Hinkley Ropati. Right. That's the question. That was a late addition uh, because think, Bruce Garrett left the program. You'd think Jackson because he's been here. He knows the playbook. He's Hinkley, it's been a, literally like three weeks, okay. four weeks. So the running back depth chart. And then who's the second tight end, Jerem? Isaac Rex. You would think, I, right? I, yeah. 
I'll be surprised if it's Because not. Jeff Grimes has said, well, tight end, it's Matt Bushman, and then everybody else. Like that, that's a direct quote from him. Matt Bushman, and then everybody else. But well, Isaac Rex. Yeah. That, come on. There's All-American candidate, and then there's a uh, dude still trying to grow facial hair. Who else who's, who's <laughs> else is in they're, the mix with all, Isaac Rex? I kid. They're all very young. Okay, so those those are my three biggest questions. They all come on the offensive side of the ball because I feel confident that uh, BYU has their core at defense based on what they bring back. Okay, mark it down. You ready for the backup quarterback? Ready. What's ready. going to be listed? Ready. Are you ready? Ready. It's going to say or. It's going to say or. It's gonna It'll say, say Baylor, Romney, or Jaron Hall. We won't have an answer. Mm. You know this, right? I, I'm, I'm just, it's not, they're not going to answer. But who's listed first? Because maybe that still means something. They'll go alphabetical. It'll be Jaron Hall <laughs> by last name. Um, yeah, that's the first thing to look at, right? Um, I, I'm wondering what formation BYU will say it's in. So what's fun about these depth charts is, who knows how much they're actually the depth chart versus political statements for the team itself and or the media, right? I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't look at that depth chart and go, that's what it actually is. The coaches have shown their hand, and that's exactly what the depth chart is. That's not how it works. That's not how it works, okay? Years of doing this, we know this. Will BYU say they're in a 4-2-5 in this? I don't think they will. Do they have they, to? No, they don't have to do anything. They don't have to have a depth chart. They literally don't have to do this. The fact that they do this is just kind of nice for the rest of us. And, uh, you know, uh, Gregor Bell already knows the depth chart, whether they release it or not. For his boards, he's got to call the game, right? Will BYU reveal it's in a 4-2-5? Will it, because for Navy and Army, there won't be. There's no way they're going to play nickel against those two, right? If anything, they're going to play like a 5-2 or something, right, against these squads. It's going to be very different. You load the box and you hope you don't get burned over the top a couple times where they get you. That's where that discipline will come in. I'm interested to see the linebacker depth. We know that Peyton Wilgar and Isaiah Fusi are main guys. Keenan Peely and Max Tooley and others are definitely in the mix to get a lot of playing time. Max Tooley, perhaps, with a hand in the ground as a sort of side-tow-to-Harvey-Longy hybrid linebacker defensive lineman type. We'll see, right? Secondary, I'm also interested in. We know Troy Warner and Zane Anderson will be the starting safeties. That's just obvious. They are 17-year seniors. Chris Wilcox been... is, is that guy at cornerback, right? Right. You'd think that Chris Wilcox is uh, you know, one of those corners. And then who's the other corner? Okay. Um, and how many, how many do you declare? Because Navy will line up one receiver a lot of the times. You know, sometimes I do two. declare. Exactly. So it, it'll be interesting to see what's in there. Um, we got one of the more interesting ones last week, by the way. Knowing who the kicker is is a big deal. I talked about this a year or two ago. I thought the difference in BYU-Utah, one of the things that we didn't talk about a lot, was the kicker. I, thought, I think having a kicker who can score points for you when you, get, when you stall outside the red zone, not in the red zone, outside the red zone, the harder kicks, a.k.a. the 35-45, and then when you go 45-55, can that guy score? In the first half of the season, Jake Oldroyd was the best in the country. He led the nation in, in field goal makes 10 of 11 and by percentage. And then something happened. Hopefully there's been a restoration emotionally, mentally, physically with sure. Jake Oldroyd where he is okay. And then the other thing is punter. Bureau is going to roll out a true freshman punter and Ryan Rico who hopes to make a difference because field position matters. Gregor Bell has shouted it from the rooftops for a long time. If BYU wins the field position battle. They typically win the game. It's just, it's like 90% yield. Go figure. That's a big deal. And BYU's going to roll out a true freshman they, that they believe is pretty good. Can you win the field position battle against a team like Navy? And more importantly, 
how much time can you keep the football BYU against will Navy? not win the time of possession. No. It's just a matter of it'll be like it'll be like forty twenty. It'll be just something crazy. But can BYU score in the limited possessions? Because you're right, BYU will have probably two, three fewer possessions than they would normally. All right, the Cougars opening as a two and a half point underdog. It is down to one and a half or one, depending on which line you're looking at. The depth chart expected today. So those are the things we are looking for. Our question of the day as we move to Voice of the Nation, is do you think it's fair that BYU opens as a a two-and-a-half-point underdog against Navy? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Russ Melrose answers on Twitter, no. The game is on the road. Navy was 11-2 and last year. Lost some players, sure, but Navy's a good program. Stopping the triple option is going to be a big challenge. So Russ thinks Navy should be a bigger, bigger favorite. Bigger underdog. Or sorry, BYU bigger. should be a bigger underdog. Yeah. Maybe bigger favorite. I yeah. wonder what he thinks would be fair, like four or five, you know, more than a field goal, if you will, because it shouldn't be seven, and I don't think it should be either, even no, five or how six. Much, with how much Navy lost in production at the quarterback if position Malcolm solely? Pe- if Malcolm Perry's back, BYU's probably a seven-point sure. dog. It's He's... He, uh, maybe it's not a five-point swing, but it's at least like two or three points with Malcolm Perry. He would have made a huge difference. In fact, if you're BYU, do you even get this game if Malcolm Perry's back? Because that guy was legit. Okay, coming up, who will be the second leading pass catcher for BYU this season? And how many quarterbacks will start a game for the Cougars this season? Last year it was three, and I hate that we ask this question every year. Our preseason projections are next. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> then let's stop asking. Wear those masks, kids. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coordinator's Corner is back today right after us. Join Gregor Bell as he talks with Jeff Grimes, Lice Tuyaki and Lamb, three coordinators for BYU football. Let's get you ready for the Navy game. The season debut is coming up in 40 minutes on the BYU TV app. Hey, it's free. Students, pick up your syllabi and then watch BYU Sports Nation and Coordinator's Corner. Again, academic PTSD here from, (laughs) I don't want to read the syllabus. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. There is no syllabus for this course. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It is that time of year where we make our season projections. Guaranteed to be wrong. Of note. We don't know how many games BYU is going to play, so we're not going to put specific numbers to some things based on that, but we will still focus on the individuals. And, Jerem, we will start with this question. How many games will BYU football play this year? I'm thinking BYU schedules 10 to 12. I'm thinking they play nine. I'm thinking they play nine. Okay. I'm thinking BYU schedules two more, and then one doesn't happen. That's it. I like okay. the 90% yield. Oh, I like the energy that that music brought. So, uh, yeah, throw in some music if you want for this. Did we talk to uh, Professor Lloyd <laughs> Newell on campus? To get this? <laughs> I'm going to go that BYU will play 10 games this year. I think they get to double figures. Mm. I don't know how many games BYU is going to get on the schedule. I trust in Tom Homo. Right now they have eight. I think at least two more My coming. number doesn't mean I don't trust. No, no, no. I know. Okay. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. There's a, there's a passive inference. <laughs> no. Whether you mean it or not. I was not implying that. Okay. I was not implying that. Just understand that that's the case. Okay. I think it's eight, so I don't trust Tom Homo. Ten games this year. Okay. I think BYU will schedule at least 11. Okay. I think BYU plays at least 10. Okay, let's go. Uh, 
Was that based on Ralph Wiggum from The Simpsons? What I was don't that? Know. What will the uh, go banana? What will the BYU win percentage be? So this is how we're getting around record because right now there's eight. They might schedule ten or twelve. So what will the win percentage be? Seventy-five percent or better. So if BYU played twelve games, nine and, and three. three. If they played yeah. eight games, it would be six and two. Seventy-five percent or better as a win percentage. I go seventy-seven percent because that would mean <gasps> seven and two, and that would mean uh, like ten and three equivalent in a thirteen-game schedule. Or nine and two. Yeah, or about nine and two, almost eight and two. As well. Okay. So, yeah, I expect BYU to win most of these games. Okay. There's not a lot of losable games on this schedule at freezing cold takes later. I'll get burned <laughs> on that one. Because BYU's lost these types of games. They've lost some South Florida. There's some South Floridas on the schedule. There's some Toledos on the schedule. There are too so, many on the schedule this B- year. BYU's got to be careful. So, uh, yeah, we're about the same. I think in the past, uh, you know, like 2013 or 14, we would have said like 85% here. We really would have. We, we've been, uh, what, jaded by the past three years a little bit. So hopefully BYU is better than what we think. I really dislike this question. It is my least favorite that we ask every year, but based on the recent history for BYU, we have to ask it. Mm-hmm. How many different quarterbacks will start games this year for BYU? Two, because that's what ha- has happened, at least two, since 2014. So uh, it'd almost be weird to not say two. That doesn't mean someone necessarily gets hurt, but it's one of the eyes, right? The three eyes. Same with me. Ineptitude, inconsistency, <laughs> injuries. Those are the three eyes, right? Um, that you want to avoid. So I, I hope that it's only one. I hope it's one dude, and I hope it's Zach Wilson. But uh, maybe you start multiple because uh, you need to. I'm throwing on the feel good blue goggles for okay. this. Laid back blue goggles, Jeremy. I, I kind of think I need the big ones on for this. For one. the first time since 2013, the same quarterback will start every game this season. <sighs> That'd be nice. It's been since 2013 when Taysom Hill started all 13 games. Yes, the same Taysom Hill that had four season-ending injuries. He actually made it through a full season starting every game. Crazy. This is the year. This is the year with additional rest because of maybe additional bye weeks. Take it easy. Yeah. One quarterback. Don't take it easy. Hit it hard in the weight room so you don't get hurt. Every game this year. There's so much luck involved with that, by the way. It's it's. Something you cannot control completely is whether you get hurt or not. So here's to good luck. Okay, next one. Who will be the second leading receiver for BYU in yards? We're assuming that Matt Bushman's going to be the top receiver by yards because he has been the previous three. That is a stupid, easy question. So let's ask the second leading receiver. Okay, I'm asking or I'm answering this question based solely on Eric Mateos's tweets about this person. Gunnar Romney mm. will be the second leading receiver for BYU in yards this season. He has tweeted... Numerous times about number 18. About Brother Romney? Yes. Gunnar Romney is going to be the second leading receiver for BYU. I just think because Zach Wilson trusts him. And why shouldn't he? Does he, he not trust the other receivers? He just trusts Gunnar more? I just think he's looking for him more. And I oh, think okay. there, there's an element to that, right? Sure. Um, Gunnar's been around um, two years. He came in with some hype, and I agree with you. I believe that my probably pseudo-relative from the Mormon colonies, Gunnar Romney, will be the leading, second leading receiver. I, th- I think he's going to have a breakout year. I think we're going to go, hey, Gunner's pretty good. And I, I think he's going to have a 600-plus yard type year, independent of how many games are played. I just think he gets to that number. Um, and then I think going into his senior year, we are going to ask the question, can he have 1,000 yards? You know what I don't want to uh, project? Navy. I want to look to a year from now. That's where I'm going. I'm just kidding. 
I think he'll have a good year. Hey, play eight games, average 70, 75 yards a game, and you're getting close that's to that 600 number. And that's a nice number. To put up 100 a, ga- uh, 100 a game, you have to be a really, really good receiver. Really good. Like, like uh, Austin Colley, Cody Hoffman type. Okay, so Matt Bushman, then Gunnar Romney in terms of receiving yards, but who will lead BYU in receiving touchdowns? This one's hard to know because is Matt Bushman going to be more of a red zone target? He has not been as good in the red zone as I think he needs to be, but this year I, I think he will, but he's still not my answer. Has I he think been he, a decoy more in the red zone? You wonder. I don't know. I, I don't know that he's been targeted a ton in the red zone, but th- this year he certainly will. I'm going off the board a little bit. I think it'll be Neil Pau. I think Neil Pau emerges as a guy who's just good in the red zone. He scored the first touchdown of 2017 against Portland State as a freshman. I think that'll be familiar for him. That was just a taste. He has uh, 10.6 catches per touchdown among the big three receivers, not named Matt Bushman right now. Gunnar Romney's at 11.0. Dax Mills at 10.3, by the way, so barely ahead. Matt Bushman's 13.9. That's not good enough for a guy that we think is day two or three NFL quality. But I, I'm going with Neil, just on a hunch. There's no <laughs> rhyme or reason. It should, this answer should be Matt Bushman. It should be. You would think, but who knows? I, it just hasn't... Re- I don't know why I'm not going with Matt Bushman. I should probably just say Matt Bushman. It hasn't manifested itself that way in previous seasons. But it seems like the, the coaching tab knows now. They go, oh gosh, we got to use this guy. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, Jerem, and go with the most underappreciated offensive player. Will you declare when he's appreciated? Like the yes. moment he's appreciated yes. fairly? Okay. When he leads BYU <laughs> in receiving touchdowns, at that moment, he will We have to wait until the end of the season? Dax Milne is the man who will lead BYU in receiving touchdowns. And it's funny you brought up those numbers. 10.3 receptions. I don't think it's touchdown. funny. I think it's very serious. Okay. Dax Milne is my guy. 31 catches, 354 yards. But he's the big play guy. Like, you remember Dax Milne's touchdown catches. And even the one-handed grab on the sideline against Utah State that set up a BYU touchdown. Dax Milne is a big playmaker, and I like him in touchdown scenarios. Dax Milne is the, uh, is the featured player next week on Deep Blue. He's overcome some tough off-the-field stuff. That's next week. Who will lead the team in rushing yards, Spender? Lopini Katoa. Yeah, amen. I, I, don't, I don't see how it's uh, someone else right now. I think... Lopini's certainly the incumbent right here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who will lead the team in rushing touchdowns? Okay, I think Lopini Katoa as well. He has been pretty good at touches per touchdown. Right now it's 13.4 uh, in terms of rushing, but he's also been a threat through the air. Right. Um, so I, I think uh, in total touchdowns, Lopini's pretty good, but rushing touchdowns specifically, I think it's Katoa. If he can stay healthy, and that's assumed for everyone here, um, then Lopini's going to be the guy, man. Yeah, in total touchdowns, I agree with you. I think it's Lopini Katoa, but... If you want to pound the rock, Tyler Algier is more of that guy on the goal line. So he could gobble up some of Lopini Katoa's touchdowns if BYU's inside the two-yard line because he's a more physical runner. What has Lopini Katoa done to deserve to not to get the, get the ball in the red zone? He hasn't, Lopini Katoa, all he's done is done what he's been asked his whole career, and now he's going to get time to shine because he's a junior. This so is, now you go, okay, it's yours to lose. Right. This, this, to me, this is Curtis Brown to... Fui Vakapuna and Manasseh Tonga in 2006, where Curtis Brown was clearly the horse. He was the guy. But when you're inside the two-yard line, you give it to the hoss, man. You give it to Fui, you give it to Manasseh, and they bowl their way in there for a touchdown. doesn't have anything to do with Lopini. If I'm Lopini, I'm like, why can't I have the ball Not there? being good enough, or it's just, that's it's, just it's football like, mentality. It's, it's like, yeah, we're just going to. 
Ram it in there, baby. It's like when, uh, yeah, when when BYU played uh, USC and they went on the scrum and USC got the touchdown, but they still went after it. It's like, okay, at some point, <laughs> they know what's coming, and if they, yeah, BYU didn't feel like they could stop it. They did in that particular instance. BYU had success with that play. Okay, who will lead the team in interceptions? Zane Anderson. In his sixth year as a BYU football player, Zane Anderson will stay healthy and he will lead BYU in interceptions. They like him specifically, and the coaches told us this, they like him specifically in pass coverage on the tight ends and the ability to just drop him back if they're in a nickel package. So I think Zane will have more than ample opportunity to show his speed, his athleticism, and his coverage capabilities, and he'll lead the team in interceptions. Hopefully Zane can stay healthy because if he's healthy, then he's yeah he's definitely a guy that could do this. Uh, I think Peyton Wilgar he led the team in picks last year <laughs> with three with three, which is a, a kind of a low number for the leader. Uh, more on that in a moment with Sarks. Uh But Peyton Wilgar is evolving into a guy that could be an NFL draft pick later. I mean, he was walk on at BYU to potential draft pick later. He is evolving a ton. We've heard that he's had a tremendous fall. Um, he's a leader. He's bulked up. He's NFL size, middle linebacker type. Um, I, I'm going with Peyton Wilgar again. I think he can do it all. I talked to someone recently who played basketball in high school with Peyton, and he said that one summer when Peyton was younger, uh, he couldn't dunk. But then at the end of the summer, like a month or two later, all of a sudden he was throwing it down two-hand. So here's a guy who athletically has uh, some really raw skills, some good skills. Dad played here. He puts in the time. He works hard. He's earned a scholarship. Led the team in interceptions as a freshman. I mean, I, I like Peyton Wilgar a lot. I'm so glad that he decided not to stay in the transfer portal and that BYU right. offered him a scholarship to come right. back and play at BYU. <sighs> Got lucky that it didn't go somewhere Holy else. He's good. Holy cow. Uh, that's a great pick. Um, I mean, I think so too. It, it's a great pick if you want to go with the linebacker, <laughs> if you want to go with somebody in the secondary. I think it's going to be Zane. And I think we might see Zane at cornerback at some point this year. He's just super versatile. Okay. Who will lead the team in sacks? You just made reference to I, this. Uh, Peyton Wilgar will do that too. He's going to do it all. They're going to blitz wow. him and he's going to get in the backfield. BYU individually and as a team was not good at sacking the quarterback last year. The team leader was Dyngon Wolaku. Atunaisa Mahe and J.J. Wigway with two each. I think that Peyton Wilgar will get, you know, four or five. I think he'll be in the backfield a lot. Uh, but Peyton Wilgar will, will garner this award. This is the year for Isaiah Kafusi to shine. Isaiah, I hope somebody shows this to you. I am picking you to lead BYU football in sacks this year. He's the guy. He's the senior leader. Isaiah Kafusi is going to have ample opportunity. They're going to let him loose a little bit more. I hope they do. I think they should. So Isaiah Kafusi is my guy, most sacks. And I don't think the number is going to be huge, but I think he'll be at the top of the list. Okay, what would the longest punt be? This is a very exciting category <laughs> that I wanted to talk about. Ryan Rico, one of the uh, – Not who. How long? I know. I'm saying like what oh. I'm saying. Ryan Rico, he, he is a notable high school recruit as a punter. 65 yards, we, we played this game before on the notable high school 65 guy. yards. 64. So I, I take – I'm like $1. Okay, <laughs> I should say one yard because then it's like up to 64. <laughs> 65 yards, yeah. Uh, okay, who will make the or what will be the longest field goal made this season? Jake Oldroyd is the kicker. What is the longest field goal made yeah, this season? It doesn't matter who does it, just 55 yards. Oldroyd hit a 54-yarder last year. He tops it with a 55-yarder. It'll be right before the half, and it'll be game three against Troy. Think, no, we don't have to pick specifically. I'm just kidding. I think BYU is going to be a little more aggressive on fourth down in field goal range, like long field goal range this year because of the emphasis on 
scoring touchdowns and and feeling confident. And Kalani is a gambler that way anyway. I thought so, you couldn't gamble here. Okay, so I I don't think that BYU attempts many field goals on the fifty yard range, and when they do, Jake Oldroyd is going to make it, but it'll be fifty two yards. What's your bold? Last but not least, what's your bold projection for BYU? This my year? bold prediction or my bold bowl projection? Your bowl, yeah, yeah. My bold projection is the Holiday Bowl, Jerem, based oh, on the back. ties that BYU has with San Diego and that game, and the fact that the Pac-12 is not playing this year. All of a sudden, these. Bowl games in the West are open up to a team like BYU. And guess what? If and when the Holiday Bowl can sell tickets at all, based on, you know, what's going Why on in happen? California. Well, California's on Just lockdown, kidding. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah. We all okay. know. Okay. <laughs> then they're going to want a team like BYU. They're going to want eyeballs. And BYU in the Holiday Bowl would draw eyeballs. What about you? Vegas Bowl. Same reasons. Pac-12 doesn't occupy that spot. Um, and there's a ton of uh, familiarity there. More recently. Either one of those games would be outstanding. I'd take, it. I'd take a bowl game at all. Let's go. Yes. Coming up, can Blaine Fowler beat us in our projections? He'll attempt it. And will Tyson Williams make the Baltimore Ravens opening day roster after his breakout scrimmage performance? Study that in class. This is BYU Sports Nation. Tomorrow, BYU football's Kalani Satake returns, 8.30 Eastern. As Gregor Bell and the coach recap Paul Camp, discuss Navy. You also hear from the player guest Matt Bushman. Isaiah Kafusi and a new deep blue is Zach Wilson. 8.30 Eastern tomorrow on the free BYU TV app. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Studio B. Students back on campus. Welcome back to school for the first time in 172 days. Of course, this is BYU Sports Nation and this is The Whip. Presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problem. Okay, BYU will release the... Game week depth chart today is the backup quarterback the biggest answer we will get in the release? I think so. It's the number one thing I'm looking for. Is it going to be Baylor Romney or Jaron Hall? Or will the word or show up between those two? You know it will. I'll take you to lunch if it doesn't. Um, I think there will be something else that will be bigger. I don't know what it is, but when we see it, we'll know it. All right. Navy announces that senior Dalen Morris will start at quarterback for the midshipmen. Against BYU. Morris has completed all of zero passes in his Naval Academy career. Over under four completions against BYU for Dalen Morris. I'll go spot on. Uh, Last year, Navy was four of eight passing per game. (laughs) It's crazy. So so I'll go spot on. He completes four passes. He's not a, uh, wait, they don't throw the, but if you don't know, Navy just rushes the ball every down, right? It's it's an option attack. It's awesome. Um, They're excellent at running the ball. Um, No, I'll go spot on four. Based on what the voice of Naval Academy football told us, I'm going to go more than four completions because he alluded to the fact that Dalen Morris likes to sling a little bit more, and the coaches feel going more, to the wrong school. The coaches feel more comfortable with him throwing the ball more, so I'm going to go more than four completions against BYU. Okay, Tyson Williams not only signs with the Ravens a couple days ago, but he gets nine carries for 40 yards and a touchdown. His first practice with Baltimore. Will Williams make the opening day rock? Based on the other injuries to the running backs room and what Tyson did in his first scrimmage, yes, Jerem, he will be on the opening day roster. Now, if the other running backs get healthy in time, maybe that pushes him to a practice squad, but I think at the least Tyson Williams will be on the practice squad. Typically, he'd probably carry, what, three running backs? So I don't know that he'll make the 53, which, by the way, Saturday they'll cut from 80 to 53. So it's Mark Ingram. J.K. Dobbins, he's not going to crack the top two. It's a battle there for three. So Gus Edwards, 
uh, is healthy. Justice, Justice Hill and Kenyon Barner Not were hurt. Uh, so maybe Tyson's that fourth guy. Maybe he's the practice squad guy. TJ Haas scored five points in 18 minutes in a Treffle Sopot loss in the season opener. Will TJ average double digits this season, Jaron? I'll go just a hair under. He's probably not going to be like a starter every game kind of guy as a new guy over there. I'll go like nine a game, which okay. is respectable. Okay. I'm in line with you there. I don't think TJ is going to be expected to average double figures. I mean, it, it took him to his senior season to kind of reemerge as a main scorer at BYU. I think he likes to share the ball a lot. So uh, I'm going to go under 10 points. Yeah. Popo Gijo over there in Poland getting buckets. Let's go. <laughs> Coming up, our fall camp MVPs. We've done this every year. Who won it this year? And dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler wants to see if he can out-project us. The price is wrong, Blaine. This is BYU Sports <laughs> Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review, returns tomorrow. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon. Less than a week away. Let's go. They'll get you ready for BYU Navy. Schematically, the X's and O's, what's going to happen tomorrow, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. A shout-out to Dale Green, our outstanding photographer for BYU TV, getting all those shots of campus. That's fresh stuff morning. today. How about that? Masks on for the students, That's and, nice. uh, yeah, and a warm welcome back to Hopefully campus. Hopefully for the non-students, too. Yeah. <laughs> We're welcoming everyone. Just the students. To the no, show. Everybody. In Studio B. We're also welcoming in on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom. Dual threat analyst, Uncle B, national champion quarterback, Blaine Fowler. Blaine, great to have you with us. We're one week away. Explain your emotions right now. I, like, I could not be more excited. Like, I'm, I'm pumped about this thing. Three weeks ago, we were going, is this really going to happen? And now I actually believe it is going to happen. We're going to play football next week, guys. I can't believe it. I'm excited. Did you watch Austin P in Central Arkansas? Because I totally did. Yeah, I. Hey, Brenda's caught me watching cornhole on ESPN <laughs> in times. Is this because what is this like any any sports, right? Any sports on there? I'm watching like some crazy stuff on there just to have anything that's actually live sports and not some rerun of 25 years ago. So, <laughs> so the answer is yes, of course. Let's talk about our season projection. So we're going to include you in this um, to see how wrong you are with us because we're wrong uh, most of the time on this. So let's start it off. So first off, we're going to ask you all the questions that we just answered, okay? How many games will BYU play this year? Okay, and, and just so you know, I, had, I was on another call right before, so I did not hear your answer. So this is completely Ooh, like they okay. put me in the bubble. Okay. I like it. They put me in the bubble. In the blade bubble. I don't know what your answers were. Yep, so... I am going to be the optimist. And because Tom Homo said that he had a lot of people inquiring a month ago, I'm going to say he's going to pull some out of his back pocket, and they're going to play 12 games this Ooh. season. Oh, wow. I said nine. Spence said 10. Okay. So there we go. All right. Well, all right. I would love more than 10. Let's just hope they get and may, double and I maybe, Hey, maybe I'm wishful thinking, hoping for good karma. I don't know what it is. I oh. don't even know if I even believe what I just said. We all have that. This 12. is a contest. <laughs> okay, Blaine. Hey. I believe I believe in Tom. I'm saying 12. Sure, sure. We don't know, again, how many games BYU is going to play, but we, we can uh, project a win percentage. So of the games that BYU plays, what will the win percentage be? 91.6. 91.6? You're going, what, 10? 11 and 11 1? 11 1? 91.6. They're 11 and 1. 
Can you, hey, can you grab these? Through? I just, you know, here's, here's, the, here's the reason I'm saying that. I don't know who's left. I don't know who's left to even schedule. So, so the rest of, because I feel like the, the, three, the three really difficult teams, I'm not discounting Troy, but Houston, Air Force, and Army are all tough matchups, right? Especially where we're, uh, not Air Force, Navy, Army um, on the road to begin with. So I'm just saying, okay, maybe they lose one of those and then, I don't know that they're going to add if they get to 12, I don't know how difficult those teams are going to be. So I'm saying 11 and one 91.6% wow. guys. Okay. What were the, uh, let's see how many, how many different quarterbacks will start this season? Uh, I, I hate to even say this, but history would say no matter who you are, yeah. you're going to start at least two. So I'm going to say two. Okay. Yeah. I said two Spence said one. I, yeah, I went yeah, super I blue goggle when, on that. When, when was the last? When was the last time? Twenty thirteen. That, that one quarterback. Twenty thirteen. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, and and I'm and I'm not. I don't expect BYU to have a major injury, but some you got a guy nicked up. He's got to sit out one game or part. You know, so I'm just going to say two. Okay, Blaine, the second leading receiver for BYU in yards this season will be who? We think Matt Bushman will lead, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll all just assume that, right? I don't think anybody will argue with us on that. Um, I'm, I'm going to go Gunner Romney for number two with a very strong honorable mention for Dax Milne, but I'm going to say Gunner. We both said Gunner as well, so we're all going to miss that one oh, okay. for sure. Okay. Uh, okay, who will lead BYU in receiving touchdowns? Matt Bushman. That seems like the obvious answer, right? Um, Matt, Matt struggled in the red zone, but I, I, I think this year he'll – He'll take that up a notch. I don't know why we didn't say Matt. They just Bushman. need to target him more in the he, red zone. He has nine well, here, touchdowns on 125 they, catches. That's a low number. What, well, here's the thing. I think the coaching staff needs to do a better job uh, because you get down in the red zone, tight ends are big targets when things get cluttered, and they haven't done a good enough job of figuring out how to move him around and get him isolated. They got to do a better The coaching staff has to do a better job because if you can get him one-on-one in the red zone, I don't care if he has a guy on him. He's open. He's open. Touchdown Can't... pass. Automatic. Automatic. Can you get him one-on-one in the red zone? Yeah, you've got to move him around. You've got to put him in different spots to be able to do it. If you just line him up where he always lines up, they'll bracket him. But mm-hmm. but you you if you are creative, you can get him one-on-one, and that's an automatic touchdown. Just follow the Tom Brady-Rob Gronkowski model that New England had in play for years, yep. right? Yeah. He, if, he, if he doesn't lead in touchdowns, then – They've got to rethink what they're doing down there. He's an automatic touchdown waiting to happen down there. Okay, Blaine. Uh, who's going to lead this BYU team in rushing yards with Lopini Katoa as the incumbent? Tyler Algier. Ooh, rushing yards. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think we're going to have three guys that are going to add up to a, to a lot of yards rushing between Tyler and McChesney and, and Lopini, the three of them. But I think when it all comes down to it, he's going to have the most. Okay. Remember this. This guy ran for almost twenty five hundred yards and twenty nine touchdowns as a senior in high school. We all forget that because he's played nineteen thousand different positions in the last couple of years. But. <laughs> that's that's a lot. That's more than and we that's thought. Not, it would that's be. not an exaggeration. It's not an exaggeration. Nineteen thousand. <laughs> yes. So, but no, he's he is going to be the surprise player on the football team this year, and he's mm. going to lead him in rushing. Okay, R- rushing touchdowns. Algier as well. Same. Okay. Same. Yep. Spence said Tyler. I'm I said, with you uh, on that Phoenix one. Yep. Okay, let's go defensive yep. now, Blaine. Who's going to lead this BYU team in interceptions a year after Peyton Wilgar was the guy with three? I'm going to stick with linebacking core, but this year I'm going to say it's Isaiah Kafusi. I, I said Peyton and, Wilgar, and, 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 and he said uh, Zane Anderson. Oh, see, and I, and I went back and forth. I mean, I think that, that Troy's going to have a great year at safety. I think that Zane's going to. 
But when it all comes down to it, with the schemes BYU runs, I think it's going to be a linebacker again, and I'm going to go with Isaiah this year. We should have done over-under one-and-a-half picks for Troy because he has zero in his career, but I believe he'll have multiple. Yeah, yeah. Wild. yeah I think he will too. Yeah. I agree with you. Okay, who's going to lead this team in sacks? I, you brought up Isaiah Kafusi. I said Isaiah Kafusi will lead this BYU team in sacks. Who's your guy? I'm going to go with Zach Daw. Because of the position he plays in this in this defense, and keep keep in mind, in the first two games there may not be a sack, right? So, <laughs> right, so, seriously. So we're not talking we're not talking about what the numbers. We're just talking about who leads. Yes. Um, and, and then and then I think, and we won't even BYU won't even play the defense they're going to play the rest of the year in the first two games. They have to specialize for those two teams. But I think when they get back to normal defenses, the teams are playing. Because of the position he plays, it's going to be Zach Daw. I would have given honorable mention to Max Tooley, but I'm going to say I'm going to say Zach Daw. So you think for Zach Daw more sacks than shoes thrown this year? Yeah, because I think he'll he'll only throw. I mean, <laughs> that that last throw was pretty impressive, like the motion and the distance and everything. But I but I say he's only going to throw two shoes this year, yeah. and he'll have multiple sacks. Like last, he'll have you know six six sacks maybe. Last year it was six. Wow. Last year it was one shoe thrown at Tennessee, Jarrett Garantano. So yeah, yeah, he's well, gonna have two. He'll have he'll have two this year for sure. What would the longest punt this season be? It's gonna be seventy-one yards. Seventy-one. Is Lee Johnson yep. back there? He's gonna, wow, he's gonna hit one. He's gonna hit one, and it's gonna turn over. And the guy's gonna be running back and decide not to catch, and it's gonna roll, mm. and they're gonna down it. It's gonna be seventy-one yards with no return. Right, Ryan Rico, yards. the true freshman. Ryan Rico. Yeah. He Ryan Rico has been like. Talking to the other kickers, uh, they're just going, this guy just pounds the ball. Like, it's it, it's reminding them. We, when we had Lee Johnson, sometimes we'd catch ourselves. We're over in another drill, and we'd stop doing our drill and just watch the punt after punt just <laughs> going, my goodness. And, and and Ryan Rico's having that kind of effect. He has a booming leg. I think he's going to hit a 71-yarder. Okay, Blaine, two more to go. Let's stay with the kickers. What will be the longest field goal made this season? I know he's done longer than this, but uh, I think uh, it's going to be 53 yards this year. Jake Oldroyd's going to hit a 53-yarder. Okay. Uh, yeah, I said 55. What did you, you guys pick on that? 55 and 52. I said 52. So 54 was the okay, long last so year for reference. Yeah. We're, we're, we're all in that same area. Same okay, game. last okay. but not least, uh, what's your bowl projection for BYU? Bowl game. Yeah, I've, been, I've been mulling and mulling and mulling that. I, it's... And I'm like, if they're 11 and one, like I said, then do I say, hey, you know, nobody else is playing in the Western United States, and they're going to end up in the Cotton Bowl? Woo. Um, Maybe Fiesta, <laughs> a vengeance for '96 so, and a one. I'm going to say Cotton Bowl just for. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let's go, I, baby. If I, if I had some, if I had some blue goggles to put on, I just put I, them on. But you know what? I'm just pumped. I'm so pumped we're playing football. I'm yeah. just optimistic yeah. about everything right now. Yeah. There's there's so much bad going on in the world. The fact that we're going to play football next week is so good. I'm I'm overly optimistic. So let's just put me down for Cotton Bowl for Pete's <laughs> sake. Bowl. Might as well it. make it the playoff. Let's. Yeah. Go. Jerem said Vegas Bowl. Yeah. I said uh, Holiday Bowl, and you you've outdone us with the Cotton Bowl. Okay, I know, I know that's, I, I know that's a stretch. So don't, everybody, don't send me an email. I know it. Okay, oh, it's I worth it. it. Great stuff, Blaine. Great to catch up with you, man. And uh, thanks for going on record. All right, guys, that's that's fun stuff. I can't wait. Next week, Let's go, Let's go, you, baby. You and I, 
We're we're all we're all working countdown to kickoff together next week, right? Yeah, yes. baby. Party. We'll do it. Okay, we'll see you then, man. All right. Blaine Fowler on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. All right, coming up, uh, if you want to send Blaine an email, it's uh, at AOL.com. I won't tell you the rest, but uh, coming up, who gets today's rise and shout out? And who's the fall camp MVP of 2020? This is BYU Sports Nation. Who gets it? Big honor. BYU Sports Nation continues with this daily reminder. Wear your masks on campus and the show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. We probably should mention off campus. Yes. And download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Okay, we have left one thing for the very end of the show. It is the annual fall camp MVP reveal. Jerem, who is your 2020 BYU football fall camp MVP? Matt Bushman. We thought he would be good. He was better than what we thought. We've seen some footage in practice that looked awesome. But not only that, when Aaron Roderick said um, that he is the most improved player, I thought, wait, what? Isn't he the best offensive player, arguably, with Already? Brady Christensen and James Empey? So I go with Matt Bushman, man. Okay. My pick is who I think is going to be the second-string quarterback when all is said and done at the end of fall camp, and that is Baylor Romney. Baylor Romney, I think, has played his way into that second position at quarterback. It's going to be a little ore next to his name. You need a little ore to build a bridge <laughs> in Settlers of Catan as well. So your Sorry, fall camp a road. MVPs. A I just road. like the tradition of a backup quarterback being the fall yeah, camp Yeah, MVP. that is fun. That is fun. <laughs> right? that, although that was a duck, right? Christian there, but that's Stewart, right. Tanner Mangum, Baylor Romney. Yep. Okay. Our question of the day. Jerem, should BYU be favored going into the Navy game? Why? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mats Resort at Beck to Harleen on Twitter says 100% yes. Why? Malcolm Perry is not at Navy. He was the difference maker. Without Perry in 2018, Navy was 3-10. and With Perry, 11-2. and Simply put, BYU has good players back. Navy does not. I think they have more. Well, they've, got, players, they've so. got good players. Okay, today's rise and shout out uh, goes to a couple of uh, individuals who passed away over the weekend of note. Chadwick Bozeman, uh, the Black Panther. Uh, did a Jackie Robinson, an amazing actor. Cliff Robinson, who was Uncle Cliffy in Portland when I was growing up. And then John Thompson, we found out, passed away, the longtime Georgetown head coach. So uh, thoughts with those families. Those were notable individuals yeah. in their field. Three influential figures uh, in their own respective rights. Um, yeah, it's tough to see Black Panther go down. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, what a legacy he leaves. Our thanks to today's guest, Blaine Fowler. Sorry to Dennis. No time. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout-out to O'Neill Chambers. The season debut of Coordinator's Corner with Greg Rebell starts in two minutes on the BYU TV app. Watch it live or on demand.